0: I saw an advert in a a, a newspaper that said uh, computer engineer uh, wanted uh, no experience necessary. I thought that's perfect, I'd never touched a computer at that stage. (laughs) At school we had a computer club and one computer and I just wasn't bright enough to be in that uh, (laughs) computer club.
1: Hi, I'm Paul Miller and you're listening to Digital Workplace Impact, where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices and people impacting all those digital worlds where we work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking and boutique consultant services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. So today's episode was genuinely very exciting. I was invited uh, very kindly through Avenard to go to visit the Williams Martini Formula One racing team at their factory, not far away from where I live. And I met uh, an individual there who was fascinating to talk to, Graham Hackland. He is the chief information officer at Williams Group. And it's Graham's 20th season in Formula one racing he serves on the company's executive committee leads their risk committee and he was bought on board by Williams to drive the digital and information technology transformation program there it was really great because um, had a factory tour Uh, the team was just getting ready to ship two cars over to the Grand Prix in Singapore And I was completely blown over by how clean, efficient, uh, felt like visiting NASA. So uh, after the tour, I sat down with Graham and had some fascinating insights into the digital workplace for a Formula One racing team and what that's all about. So I hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, Graham Hackland. For those people listening, you will hear the sound of Formula One cars in the background to give us a little bit of atmosphere um, today. And I've been fascinated to have a tour of the Williams factory and and the whole uh, experience here. But just before we start, Graham, I'd like to start off just by asking guests on the show, kind of what did you expect when you were entering the world of work what did what did you think before we get into the detail of what your job is what did you expect work was going to be like
0: i think the truth is uh, and i have two teenage daughters and i think it's the same for for them now uh, as a young person i didn't know what i wanted to do when i when i left school and uh, i kind of i just remained open to the opportunities that came my way mm. and I, that's the thing that I encourage young people today, just be, I never had a work plan and a, a plan that was going to get me to something or the other. I never actually imagined that Formula One was a career for regular people like me, uh, so I kind of fell into Formula One uh, uh, along the way 20 years ago, but yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't have this plan, so I did electronics and then that got me, I, I saw an advert in a, in a, in a newspaper that said, uh, computer engineer uh, wanted uh, no experience necessary. So that's perfect. I'd never touched a computer at that stage. Right. At school, we had a computer club and one computer, and I just wasn't bright enough to be in that uh, computer club. And I just you know, took it from there. I just took the opportunities that came my way.
1: And that's fascinating how you never probably thought of Formula One as, as, a, as a, a kind of world you could work in. But you've spent 20 years in the Formula One industry. And what's it like to work in an industry that, for people outside seems just a kind of fashionable, uh, exciting, adrenaline-fueled experience. What's work here like? It's all glamour. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, it's, uh, you know, some people that
0: join a Formula One team last a year and are gone. They, they don't like that chaotic nature of how things change constantly. I came into Formula One uh, back in 97, 20 years ago, thinking that I'd, I'd do it for a couple of years, get it on my CV and, uh, and go get a proper job. And I just loved it. I, I loved the whole team ethic. That you're all working together for a common purpose, uh, and every day you know that the work that you do contributes to the performance of the team. When when things are going well, you feel good, and when things aren't going so well on the track, you want to work harder and you and you want to get back to the front. So I've I've loved working in that team environment, working in what I think is probably one of the most technologically advanced sports in the world and seeing how technology can play a part Mm. in in improving performance. Mm.
1: It's interesting because the the, the history of Formula One, and thanks to you, I've discovered that on the wonderful tour we had around the factory as we were watching people getting ready to ship the cars to Singapore for the next Grand Prix, which was just incredible watching that happening. But I hadn't realized that the roots of the industry are actually in, in aviation, so it's it's a sport but it's also a kind of science and uh, uh, an engineering industry as well absolutely uh, the, the the car is
0: actually you know a prototype every single race i mean it's constantly changing the car that Gets to Singapore on on Friday and runs will be different to the car that runs in the race in Singapore. I mean, we're already making changes based on what we learn on on Friday, and then mm. each race we we are changing uh, the car twenty one times twenty twenty one times a year. And, and you're right. What you've seen as as we've gone around this facility is that that the margins between first place and twelfth place in Formula One are. A second or less mm. uh, you know qualifying if you can be 0.2 or 0.3 of a second quicker you can gain five or six places uh, mm. you know it's quite incredible so we're paying attention to to thousands of small little improvements that mm. will ultimately give you big gains
1: um, um, just for for people listening so explain what your role is for williams
0: so i'm the chief information officer at williams uh, and it's it's my privilege to 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 have that role it's the first time in 2014 it's the first time that Williams created a CIO role Um, Mm -hmm. and I think maybe behind some of the other teams uh, realised that information technology and services can put performance on the car and I think They've known that, but I don't think they put enough emphasis on it. Didn't make it strategic enough, it, and I, and that's the role I get to enjoy now is is to bring that strategic element to which part of our business transformation and and you know I'm working on the digital part of that. Which part of our business transformation needs technology to help the team's performance? Mm.
1: Was it you saying to Williams you need a CIO, or was it? williams coming to that realization
0: so in 2013 sir frank williams started a business transformation to get williams back to the front of the grid and they questioned everything what do we need they brought in a new management team uh, some of them had been from outside of outside of formula one they brought a ceo in who had been working at uh, at jlr and, and at aston martin and and those that leadership that came in um wanted a, a cio role um so that's mm. how it came about.
1: Mm. And what do you see the role as, as encompassing? Because if I think of the CIO of Unilever or um, GlaxoSmithKline, I, I sort of get a sense of what that means. But what what, what does that mean here?
0: So despite everything you've, you've seen today, we are a regular company. We oh. just... We tend to do things at a faster pace than right. than some companies, and so my role is 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 the same thing. You know, get technology at the right cost point to add performance to the car. Be very focused on on that. That's you know, Williams are not the biggest funded team on the grid, and so our focus has to be how do we use technology as a as an enabler and as a way of making the car quicker. I, I spend a lot of my time on reputation of Williams uh, and the risk management uh, piece. That's something that uh, uh i think maybe in the past a lot of formula one teams didn't pay enough attention to what, what, what do you mean by that the risk so, you management know, misuse of data uh you know a lot of formula one staff move between the teams right uh, and so in the past i think there's been a fair amount of publicly documented bad behavior mm. um and part of my role is to help williams make sure that we don't lose our intellectual property Mm. and it's also critical because the one we haven't talked about yet for for williams is our advanced engineering company so williams advanced engineering commercialised the knowledge and know-how that we've built up in 40 years williams are 40 years old in formula one around lightweight materials and energy efficient performance uh and we commercialize that and that's very valuable. Formula 1 intellectual property is probably only valuable for 3 years, maybe 4 years mm. uh, and then that so the cars from 3 or 4 years ago are irrelevant now the technology's mm. moved on so much. But for the work that we're doing with electric vehicles and and medical sciences and in defence that that IP and that uh, confidential information is very valuable. And for our customers, we want them to know that their data is safe with us. So we, we spend a lot of time looking at the layers of security that we need to put in uh, and performance and availability uh, and compliance. Uh, and those are the four areas that I spend mm. a lot of my time on.
1: Because I noticed when we were looking at one of those incredible, um, I'll call them drill machines, but they're, they're like a kind of pod where you're craft, crafting Parts out of solid pieces of titanium and so on. And you said that the, the technology that they arrived with was just a kind of laptop or something exactly. like that. And, and you've put really quite sophisticated security around that. Is that about trying to provide better security for the, for the digital workplace of, of Williams?
0: Yes, absolutely. So that's why we're building those layers of security to either protect it from malware that could pot- potentially get in uh, or to protect it from misuse.
1: mm Okay, and that's and that's interesting. And I, and I suppose you've also sort of preempted my other uh, question, which was that as I was going round, think looking at the 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 skill, the craft, the science going into what's happening, I was thinking to myself, "God, the world kind of needs some of the things that you guys are producing." And and actually, you've it's a very interesting thing that you're then using it for. You showed us a. Um, a kind of pod that was used for transporting babies in, 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 you know, critical situations. And is Williams sort of diversifying in terms of its, in a way, its role?
0: Yes. And I, and, I, and that's one of the things I love about Williams, one of the reasons I came here. I came I came to Williams from another team and, and I, I never thought I would you were move Renner. teams. Yes, I was. Yeah. I didn't think I'd move teams. And I, I came to Williams, well, partly because of Sir Frank Williams and, and mm. I was a fan of of Williams uh, when I first started following uh, Formula One when I was in college and mm. I had two friends who were Senna and Prost fans and so I became a Mansell fan who was driving <laughs> for Williams. Uh, so to get the opportunity to come and work for Sir Frank was amazing but also Williams Advanced Engineering really excited me. So taking you know what's really a silly sport. We we spend a hundred million pounds on a product that we then throw away at the end of the year, and mm. the next year you spend another hundred million developing another mm. product. And it's there almost seemed like no reuse, and and the transfer of technology between road cars and Formula One kind of died away uh, when when we took a lot of the electronic aids off the Formula One cars. So Formula One wasn't being relevant to the rest of the world, and so that's what I really liked about it. Williams Advanced Engineering, uh, things like the baby pod that you mentioned. You know, helping babies uh, in, in in hospitals. Uh, to have a better chance of survival, uh, we worked with a maternity unit at the University Hospital of Wales, who were looking at our pit crew and the pit stops and how we run a pit stop to see mm. how they could run an operating theatre. Mm. I love that kind of application of what we do and mm. helping Karen Dark with her with her Paralympic bike uh, for, mm. for Rio. Um, those are just really mm. wonderful things that we and do. That's sort
1: of similar to what NASA, which was the organisation that I thought of as I was going around here and where you're, you're, you've got the, the, the kind of mission, the purpose is very clear, but then NASA's really extended its sort of social role, if you like, um so much, much beyond that. Do you think that's something that's going to happen for other Formula One teams? It's going to be part of their almost kind of re- justification for being?
0: Yeah, I think some of them are already taking on projects outside of uh, Formula One. Mm. I don't know, I think some will just focus, you know, will want to have that very narrow focus on Formula One and being successful in Formula One. But certainly for Williams, we see a huge benefit to having the advanced engineering company, either as an income stream or just re, you know re that reuse of knowledge and know-how that we have, giving our people, one of our major challenges is attracting and retaining the best talent. And so if we can get them to work on these kind of projects that they can be really proud of, they can be proud of the Formula One car but these other projects that that you know really make a contribution mm. to society I think people love that.
1: Yeah so just give me a sense of the the digital workplace for Williams I mean how many people work here where are they located and and what's the sort of scale of the organisation?
0: So we're currently about 550 people in Formula One and another 200 in uh, advanced engineering with the regulation limits that there are in Formula One that side of the business will probably grow very slowly, um, but advanced engineering is growing hugely. I think it was eighty people when I joined in twenty fourteen, and it's now you know two hundred people. They're running forty projects across six different industries. It's it's an amazing business. The digital workplace challenge for us has been around. Initially, it was around mobility. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were here, and, and we have one site uh, in, in, in the UK, in Grove. Mm. If you were here in Grove working, fine, you could work. If you were at the track, at a Formula One track, we'd connected that network back to, to Grove so you could work. But it was kind of difficult if you were traveling and you were in a hotel or you were Mm. at a customer site or you were moving around. And and about 60% of our workforce regularly work away from this site. Mm. And so our first focus as part of our digital uh, workplace was to focus on how can we make people's lives easier? How can we make it so that they can work anywhere? But still with that security in mind, still with that intellectual property protection in mind, but let's make it easier for people to work. So that was our initial look. And communication tools, it was – You know, it was phone or email uh, and that was it. So we've started to introduce other means that people can communicate using Skype for Business or uh, using things like Yammer or, you know, some of the the, the digital tools that there are to allow people to use whatever is appropriate for their role. Mm. It allowed easier communication with our engine provider, for example. Instead of sending emails or trying to phone people to find out where they are and you don't realize that they're on a flight or Mm. you could look at the instant messages, see their presence they're not available mm. at the moment mm. then email or yes they are available and, and contact them so mm. I think we've helped to make communication much slicker than, mm. than it
1: was you work heavily with office 365 is it is it all Microsoft technology that you're using for the for the digital workplace or is it a, a combination of different tools
0: yeah we partnered with Avenard who are an Accenture Microsoft company to to help us with that Microsoft technology roadmap, and, and that's the direction that we, we've gone down uh, so far. The team, before I even got here, had selected Microsoft Dynamics as, as their ARP solution, and that's been uh, implemented in our advanced engineering company and is rolling into Formula One now, and so it made sense then to go with Office 365 and Azure, and so, yeah, we, we've tended to go down the Microsoft uh, route. Hmm.
1: So mobility was one of the challenges, and and how's that improved, would you say, while you've been focusing on that
0: so i i think we have got to the point now and and we've we've had some really good anecdotal evidence from the engineers that it is possible for them to work no matter where they are on a race weekend we can have uh, our engineers anywhere they can be in their kitchen at home they can be listening to the intercom they can talk on the intercom to the engineers at the track uh, so when our engineers are sitting on the pit wall in Singapore right. you could have someone in their in in their kitchen in uh, in the UK and they can talk they can see the video they can see the telemetry coming off the car so that's a I think that's a huge step forward from where we were four years ago
1: hmm. and what have been the other challenges in in this particular organization from a digital workplace point of view
0: data analytics you know that real time capability that you need in in, in formula one as as we 've gone around this car collection uh, the the, the thousand nine hundred and seventy nine car that you saw that was the first time that we put a data logger on a formula one car that, that was a r- real long time ago uh, it was a sixty four k box ten years later uh, it was a one two eight k box so you know it, it took a while for the technology to to, to grow we 're now generating sixty to eighty gig of telemetry data over the course of a race weekend so we 've gone from you know, a floppy disk to, <laughs> to huge amounts of, of data. So it's managing that data uh, in real time so that they can combine it with GPS data, weather data, tire data, uh, voice and video, and make real-time decision-making. Mm. That's the, the challenge that we're working on now to make those tools better. Mm. And then we have a Factory of the Future project that is looking at how we connect aerodynamics, whether it's the wind tunnel that does a physical model or CFD, computational fluid dynamics, that does a virtual model, how we connect aerodynamics to design, the, the kind of traditional CAD design, uh, connect that to manufacturing, then to race engineering, and then create a feedback loop. So, what aerodynamics have said is going to put an improvement on the car in the wind tunnel or on CFD. How did, you know, how expensive was it to make and design, and once you put it on the car, did it actually deliver the performance that they wanted? And if it didn't, why didn't? It? And feed that back into aerodynamics so that they can continuously so do, improve the car. Yeah.
1: Do, do you see yourself as making the cars, kind of? race better? Or are you thinking about all the ways that the people who are trying to do that are doing their work? There's a sort of distinction between the kind of digital world of work and then there's the specific engineering.
0: Yes, I think we we get involved uh, once the data comes off the car. Right. Uh, so there are vehicle science and technology groups who look after the on-car mm. uh, technology, and then we look after, you know, a- a- as you described it, Could making sure that the Can you give sure me an example
1: of something like that? That when you say the data comes off the car,
0: so we we, we have a thousand channels of data per second, um, and the engineers can pick and choose which data they sample at which frequency, depending on whether it's Friday or qualifying on Saturday or Sunday, and and that's what we then enable. We make sure that that data gets to the servers as quickly as possible. We try to improve the performance of that whole infrastructure you know for where it's stored uh, we'll build the applications again working with Avanade, we've built strategy applications at the track that do predictive analytics for example based on what the engineers have designed and said they want we build those applications to help them make the car quicker so although our contribution may be slightly indirect in that we're making the lives of the engineers easier uh, mm. it, it's all focused on how do we make the car quicker mm.
1: and you talked about the application of, of what you do here, to other... Uh, you talked about the the, the pit stops and an operating theatre. If you're responsible for a digital workplace in, say, uh, an organisation like Boots, the chemist here in the UK, or Walmart, what, what do you think they can learn from the way that you approach the digital workplace here?
0: I think there are a lot of similarities between those that that life cycle of the formula one car that i just described um, aerodynamics design manufacturing race engineering when you look at the challenges each of those areas has it's very similar to financial institutions when it comes to that real-time data analytics very similar to other manufacturing companies you know we 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 do tend to do small batches Uh, as you know we, we we make four cars maybe five a year we change it every race so you could call it 21 cars and it 's small batches, but you know just in time manufacturing taken to extreme uh, we'll be shipping parts as late as possible out to the track to give design as much time to be creative uh, as you can there 's a lot of similarities with with manufacturing companies that do small batches of things. I remember speaking and, and working with the guys at Nokia years ago and they don't want to make too many of, of a particular model of a phone because they know that it's going to change in a in a in a period of time. And there are a lot of similarities to the logistical challenges that they have that that we do in terms of not making parts that don't make it to the car because that's wasted resource. And they don't want, they didn't want to make phones that never get to a customer. So I think as as you go through the life cycle of the Formula One car, there's a lot of similarities with uh, with, with companies. The the logistics of what we do, uh, making parts and the customers that we have now in advanced engineering is very similar to some of the challenges that say boots will face. Um, So there are a lot of similarities to the challenges. When I get to talk to CIOs from, from these companies, we are we are we are facing the, those same challenges how do we make life easier for our users how do we make sure that the solutions we put in are intuitive to use and make people's lives better rather than worse often we put systems in that there's a three-day training course tagged onto the back of it and uh, and, and and they're difficult to use and and people say the logic that you used in 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 designing the system is just is just not right so we we've gone to a much more agile way of doing software engineering and, and in fact we're running our first DevOps project this year where every time a feature a new feature is ready and it's a feature that our race engineers will have asked for, we deploy it to the track. Now, race, the race lends itself well to that because it's every two weeks or sometimes every sure. consecutive weekend so you, you can rapidly deploy uh, new, new uh, features. But I see that in a lot of companies, a lot of the CIOs I talk to, they're needing to move to a more DevOps way of working rather than deploying software three times a year or once a quarter. We just can't mm. afford to do that anymore. We need to be deploying those mm. uh, uh, those, those new features all the time. And I, I had the opportunity to tour DreamWorks a few years ago. Mm. And that was the thing that impressed me most when I, when I was talking to their, their head of IT is that all day, every day, they are constantly updating the software that they make the films with. And every mm. film, the six films that they're running in all various stages, all get the new features. Mm. And if they got it wrong, they deploy a feature that breaks that system that, that costs millions. And I was thinking, well, that's very similar to what we do in terms, of if we get it wrong and we stop the car, you know, that, that's terrible. Mm. So we, le- we, you know, we learned from, from DreamWorks about how, how to do DevOps.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, if you look at, you know, the, the, the newer technology organizations, they're not that new now, you know, Facebook, Amazon, and so on, the, this whole idea of experimentation, iteration, it, it, it strikes me that in a way the way that you intrinsically work in Formula One is kind of part of a more iterative, experimental, uh, agile way of working. Absolutely. Uh, That's how the
0: race team work, right? They they put parts on the car on a Friday, they look at the the data, and if that thing is better, it stays on the car. And if it's not, they take it off the car and they Mm. do something else. And yet the rest of the business probably wasn't working that rapidly. Mm. So the, the one thing I, I, I do say to other CIOs is the thing that I think we may have got right as an industry formula one is we've driven decision making down the organization right because if you wait their there's cycles for for, for change tend mm. to be much longer than ours mm. if you wait for something to go hierarchically up the organization so that the person at the top can say yes or no you just can't respond as quickly as formula one needs so mm. that tends to be one of the lessons that that is useful for other teams other companies how do you drive decision making true proper decision-making where the person who makes that decision is not afraid for their job if they, if they've made the wrong decision because mm. that fear means that you won't be the fastest uh, pit stops or you, or mm. you'll make mistakes in, in your, in your whole car and process and analyzing data. So yes, driving decision-making down the organization and, and letting people who are at the coal face make those decisions uh, and learn from them. And if they get it wrong, learn from it and mm. don't
1: repeat that mistake. And, and, and you know, part of your role is making sure they've got the right tools and technology to do that. Absolutely. So that, you know, because you see this in so many organizations that, that there's an aspiration to do that. But actually, the technology is so fragmented, the user experience is so patchy, the, the the ability to connect's not there. And so even though there might be an, a desire to do that it's really hard to actually deliver it. I mean, to what extent do you feel that you're, you're creating that um, kind of advanced digital workplace here?
0: That's the journey we're on. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I'm not, I'm. I'm not saying we're anywhere near, you know, completing it. We we set out on a on a on a five year journey. We're three years into it, mm. and I'm kind of thinking, gee, there's only two years to go. <laughs> but our focus has been on, you know, some of the, some of the things that you just said there. User experience. Mm. How can we make sure that it's that it's a really good experience for our users? When when we're doing the development and design of systems, I, I I say to the guys all the time, think about what it's going to be like for the person who's going to use this. What's that experience going to be like? You may be doing something for good reason to make it more secure, or but what is the experience going to be like? It, mm. it can't get in the way of a creative person and stop them thinking about a design on the car or or, or the next uh, run they're going to do in the wind tunnel. If if your IT systems are getting in the way you've got a real problem. At the end of every race, we have a debrief and, mm-hmm. and the chief technical officer brings everyone together and talks about the weekend and, and what happened. If IT don't get met mentioned, we've done our job, yep. right? Yeah. We, we should be just in an enabler that allows them to get on with their work. And the minimum they should expect is that everything is working uh, throughout the, the course mm. of the weekend. Mm.
1: And is there anything particular to the, the culture here? Because it's a very technical organisation it's it's got a lot of craftsmanship from what i've seen a lot of um highly skilled people is there anything about the culture that helps you in what you're doing or hinders you
0: i think that a lot of companies i hear them talk about teams right they 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 they, they talk about the company as a team but they're they not really uh mm. and, and often you'll have parts of the organization competing with each other uh for, and I don't really understand that when you're when you're working for a company, why would you why would you compete with a, an, another part of the organization either for budget or or, or whatever? And I think that's possibly the difference at, at a Formula One. It is truly a team, uh, and everyone has that common and very narrow purpose: mm. go and win how can we get our team back to the front of the grid? There's a lot of companies see their results every quarter or in their annual results and did we do a good job for shareholders and we don't know who the shareholders are. Whereas for for us uh, in Formula One, we see every weekend, every second weekend uh, the results yeah. of our of our uh, labors and uh, if we haven 't done a good job on a particular weekend uh, you know you 've got another race coming up and you you can turn it around and, and we 've seen that this year for williams in 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 belgium we had a We had a terrible time at the very next weekend in Monza. We turned it around and and that 's what I think really mm. excites people who work in formula one that they 're mm. not waiting till the end of a quarter to find out if our results are good we mm. We know
1: and, w- and what are the people here? asking you to give them to make their lives, their digital working lives easier, better?
0: There's a constant demand. <laughs> right? More than, more than we can cope with, more projects mm. than we can do. And a lot of it is around automation. Mm. we've made the decision as a company that wherever double keying of data happens we want to eradicate that yeah. and so there's still a fair amount of that sometimes it leads to errors but but more often than not it's wasted resource uh, mm. it, it's people putting time to things that are just not adding performance to the car so that's been our focus how do we drive out uh double keying uh, and how can, how can we automate as much of the process as possible and get get the data to the right engineer at the right time so that they can make a decision often they would say to us we, we can analyse all of this data after the race and mm. see what we should have done Sure, but we want to be making those decisions during the race
1: mm. Okay, now that's, that's that's very interesting and um, are there particular examples where you feel like you've had a problem like that, that that needed to be resolved and you think, okay we've done this and now it's better Yeah the,
0: In 2014, there were um, data points on the car that uh, the engineers were not getting to in real time. Uh, Some of it was quite critical information that they really did need and so it, it such
1: meant, as? well I, I didn't want i didn't want to name exactly what okay, it was but, but i'm but just trying to something that it was w- when you say a data point you mean the, so da-
0: so we have we have these thousand channels of data yeah. and and some of it they couldn't get to in real time mm. and so it meant that they had to be a little conservative in terms of their uh strategy to make sure that you know they weren't going to burn too much fuel or, or cause okay, problems on yeah. the tires and that kind of thing um so we focused with them on how do we get them to that data in mm. real time, uh, and that made a real difference. So, so in through twenty fifteen, you see us being much more aggressive in our strategy, mm. and that's because the the engineers had the data that they
1: needed. Mm. That's right. No, that's uh, that's that's really interesting. I mean, and so in in a well, a week on Sunday, there's the race in Singapore. So, so w- w- what do you what do you do on a race day?
0: <laughs> so for for me personally, race day is uh, uh, is spent at home with my wife and my children watching the race. Uh, I, I don't I don't hold an operational role on on race day. We have two travelling people who who travel with the race team and make sure that everything is running. It's quite a interesting job that actually. Uh, you know they, they're doing everything from engineers arrive saying my laptop's not working anymore or my, my my mouse doesn't work or I can't get something to print, all the way through to monitoring that telemetry chain and making sure that all of the data is available when it needs to be. So it's a really interesting challenging job doing a lot of the video uh, capturing that's needed by the engineers and making sure that they can get access to that data, making sure all the data that's needed back in the UK gets back here in time and that the systems are up and running mm-hmm. uh, really from Thursday it needs to be 100% available for the mm-hmm whole of that race weekend mm. so i have the luxury of sitting right. at home and watching the fruits of their labor because the truth is by sunday by race day there's very little we 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 can change mm. uh, everything needs to be up and running by then the most of the work is done earlier in the week you know the the the, the it support guys will arrive depending on where we are in the world monday or tuesday uh, set everything up they arrive at an empty garage completely set everything up and by thursday when we fire the car up for the first time Everything has to be ready, all the software versions up to date, everything up and running. Uh, and then for them, it's, it's just monitoring everything and making sure that everyone has the services that they need.
1: Have you found that there are any particular kind of other industries, organizations where you felt like you have more in common with that particular organization or industry than others? I, I belong to a sporting CIO roundtable series,
0: and, mm. and, and we meet up, and and so there's there's quite a few sports, funnily mm. enough, even okay. even football. So we have a few Premier League clubs on 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 the on the, uh, the roundtable, and there are a lot of similarities between the challenges that they have, mm. despite the fact that they may seem like much less technology technologically yeah. reliant sports mm. there's still a lot of the same challenges in in, in terms of uh, either you know securing data providing services to a very demanding user base yeah. often you know our engineers often know more about uh, the, the the technology and what they need uh, than, than we do in it so mm. uh, it's it's yeah it's about being very focused and so I, I find a lot of these other sports you know we we we've uh, we've talked to the guys who run cricket and rugby and, mm. and football clubs and and we have very similar challenges
1: and I suppose it's 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 similar in there's there's this focus moment, which is black and white. Exactly, you, you either win or you don't win. There's and they're not going to no, move it, right? So no,
0: no. Some companies that you talk to, if they're doing a product launch and it's and it's not going to be ready, mm. uh, you know, it hurts them. But they can delay it by a month. If mm. if DreamWorks are a month uh, re- late releasing a film, it'll really hurt them. But the film will, mm. will will still get out. If we miss getting something to Singapore, that's mm. it. You never get that opportunity to put that performance on the car. Mm. You may be able to do it at the next race, but you lost the opportunity to do better at the the previous race.
1: Mm. So, I mean, one of the things that really struck me when I was looking at the the crews putting the uh, cars together for for Singapore was that you said that they also, the, the crew that are doing that, then are the pit crew and they really f- i mean I, i'm i'm hard pushed to think of a more a group of people look more like a team yeah. than those guys doing that they they epitomize you know what we do as
0: as, yeah. as an entire team right and mm. it and and we often use the pit crew as, as that example of you know they've got 2.2 2.5 seconds uh, yeah. to get that well, car out Nine well, 9.2 seconds well, at your well, case, yes, in last Williams year we broke the record for them Absolutely, uh, and and so there's been a real focus actually on the pit crew, and we we've we we did our first human biometrics project last year, just because we've got, as I said, a thousand channels of data from the car, but we never had any human uh, performance data. So we've started to do that now with the pit crew to help them uh, to improve, and we think that that helped us last year to be the fastest pit crew over the course of the whole the whole year. But you can never stand still. The other teams are improving all the time. Sure. And, uh, so, the, so the pit crew, as you say, really epitomized that uh, that that team ethic that's required in a very short space of time to get it right every time.
1: Mm. And what would you say you're most proud of from from what you've achieved so f- so far?
0: That's a hard one to answer. I mean, I for, for me personally, one of the things I'm most proud of is that I that I, w- I work into Frank Williams' team and that mm. and that we're trying to get him. Back to the front of the grid, and but that's not that you know we haven't done it yet. Uh, mm. Since I joined Williams, we haven't won a race yet. <laughs> so I, I, you know, that first podium that we got was was an incredible feeling mm. seeing our work uh, coming to bear. I, I think also I, I put a lot of my time and effort into into people, and I've seen a real change in the people in IT, uh, going from uh, really good uh, IT to, uh, engineers who. Uh, order equipment, take it out of the box, rack mount it in a rack, install software on it uh, to people who are so flexible that they're building complex cloud solutions that we can use on a race weekend that's doing computation uh, in real time. And and I, I think one of my most proud moments was I, I was included in an email exchange between uh, an engineer and one of the uh, IT guys. In the past, if someone had asked for, can I have a server or a database, uh, if we had hardware available, we'd have been able to do it fairly quickly. But if we didn't, there's a whole, you have to wait while we order it. And mm. it could be six weeks from request to, to fulfilling it. And and I saw this email exchange where one of the engineers said, I, I really need a, a, a database server. I want to do some work this weekend during the, the race weekend uh, from here back at base. And the answer that came back from from the IT guy was, I can spin that up in, a, in you know, today in a couple of hours and it's and it's going to cost you 80 pounds per per month Uh, and and that was just incredible to to change from people who built stuff Mm. put boxes in (laughs) into data Mm. centers to uh, to services to being much more service orientated so Mm. i'm pretty proud of that
1: yeah and it is it's those it's those what might seem almost kind of quite mundane but changes but they're so significant because it allows people rapidly to do what what they need to do. One of the things that, that um, I'm interested to know is because you've talked about um, the, getting the data off the car. What's the impact of artificial intelligence going to be in the digital workplace for, for Williams? I, I think all of the teams actually,
0: you know, in Formula One mm. is now, I think there was a time Formula One was very conservative in its thinking when it came to IT technology. On car technology, they'd uh, they'd be very happy to try the leading edge. But in IT, we were very conservative. I think now we're much more willing to take new technology. I think we're all looking at AI as a in, in a number of areas. Our Factory of the Future project that I mentioned earlier, one of the things we want to look at is how can we automate the decision making that comes out of aerodynamics through design, through manufacturing, and onto the race team so at the moment that's still a a lot of um, bits of paper or emails or exchanges or meetings or uh, can we can we use AI to automate some of that Uh, also we're you know we're looking at things like the the regulations and the people sitting on the pit wall could we uh, replace the time that it takes to come to a decision based on the information that's there with something like an, a, an AI engine. And th- those are the the key areas around regulation, around decision, real-time decision-making, where we think uh, we'll be able to augment the humans initially and then maybe one day replace them.
1: Because mm. it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're in a uh, uh, a sport where the human being is... is <laughs> And the machine are both the star, the celebrities, aren't they? Absolutely, and 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 I can't see that changing. I don't think we're ever going to want I to see self-driving cars <laughs> no. going round a travel. If, 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 it, it, it's it's because let's face it. It's just not as interesting.
0: I, I think that's true. I mean, there's already uh, an, an autonomous vehicle that uh, is is being tested alongside the Formula E, the electric uh, mm. racing series, and they've got an autonomous uh, robo car that they have been testing. It's it's a fascinating uh, mm. uh, look at could autonomous racing happen, and yes, it could. The, te- the technology mm. is there. But what Formula? Most Formula One fans, if you ask them, who are you a fan of? There's a percentage that will say Ferrari yeah and no matter who drives for Ferrari Mm. they're a Ferrari fan but for most Formula One fans it's a driver a countryman or someone that they saw racing and just thought was amazing and brave and whatever and and so they follow that driver and I I I think we'd hate to lose it
1: yeah I mean and we're surrounded with the you know names Nigel Mansell, Ricardo Patrese um you know uh, Ayrton Senna you know the names that um uh, of kind of define racing and and those are you know when we were going round those are the names that That's come what to we mind remember. so um one of the things i like to do is just end with a, a a question that i ask um guests which is um you know when you what 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 does your perfect working day look like when you have a day where things have just worked out exactly the way that you would love them to be what what what's what's happened
0: it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Maybe a day with no meetings would. <laughs> what would a perfect working day? I, I think Williams, our first win in my time here will be will be special, uh, and that will will have got everything right. Uh, you know, all of the technology, the people, the process improvements that we've put in place that will be the day that, that we'll know we've done a good job. Mm. And that's the day I'm waiting that's, for.
1: That's interesting because I've asked quite a few people that question. Usually what they talk about is uh, something to do with experiences they've had during the day or some technology. What's interesting in your answer is it's all about the purpose of, of your organization, which is the, the That's success. our mission. Our mission yeah. is
0: to get Sir Frank back to the front of the grid and then I'll know I've had a good day.
1: Great. Thank you very much, Graham. Thank you. Act is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. And if you'd like to download a report that we released recently called Five Steps Towards Setting Up a Digital Workplace User Experience Program, then please go to our website and you can download an executive summary of that report and the link will be in the show notes. And if you'd like more information about the Digital Workplace Group, go to digitalworkplacegroup.com. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.